Edge rusher Ashton Gelati is the top player for the Louisville Cardinals this upcoming fall. We're going to talk about that as we conclude our top 15 football player rankings on today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Alton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university and various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. And then there were three. We are in the fifth and final installment of the Louisville Football Top 15 Player Rankings discussing numbers one, two, and three. We'll talk about why edge rusher Ashton Gelati is the top player for the Cardinals this fall. We'll also discuss how Brian Hudson is one of the nation's best centers and why he's going to be pivotal for not only the Louisville offensive line, but the Louisville offense as a whole. And then to conclude the show, we'll talk about the addition of wide receiver Jamari Thrash, how he is going to have a Tyler Hudson-esque impact for the 2023 squad and more. So um, like I mentioned, final installment of the series. If you haven't uh, paid attention to the other ones, you can find them on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast for a refresher, like I've mentioned in the other episodes the criteria has been pretty straightforward. I feel like it's been consistent. It takes the following parameters into effect or into consideration, I should say. Overall talent, right? How much talent does a player have? Projectable production. How much is this player going to produce? Maybe not only statistically, but passing the eye test as well. And then the overall impact that they not only have on their position, but the team as a whole so number one is Ashton Gelati edge rusher going into his third year with the program I think is in line to take the biggest leap ahead of this upcoming season he has really exceeded expectations ever since he stepped foot on campus he was an early enrollee in that 2021 class and um, wasn't necessarily expected to play a ton because coming out of high school, he was a lengthy pass rusher that didn't have a ton of strength and weight to his frame yet. It was going to take a while to transform his body, or so we thought. In fact, he added uh, upwards of 30, 35, 40 pounds in the weight room over that spring semester and was able to get into playing shape um, to a spot where – Brian Brown and company felt comfortable playing him significantly. And then in 2021, you know, he played behind Yaya Diaby, Yasir Abdullah, uh, multiple other players, but he still had 19 total tackles. He had four sacks to go along with that and had a pretty solid freshman campaign. Sophomore year, it's expected that he takes a little bit larger of a jump, and he did just that. Career highs and tackles with 23, sacks with seven, had a forced fumble, had two fumble recoveries, had a pass deflection, and ultimately looked more comfortable, looked like the ACC level of play slowed down for him a little bit. But um, now listed 6'3", 270 pounds, 
the native of uh, Boca Raton, Florida, actually not a native of Boca Raton, Florida, moved to Boca Raton, Florida um, in high school. But nonetheless, I think Gelati plays at a position that is of almost the utmost importance. He's a guy that's going to take another leap forward, and he obviously is going to have um, you know that production to back things up as well. Let's talk about the talent-wise. We obviously understand that he's a very solid pass rusher, having solid size. As he added that strength, it was also evident that he was not going to lose that speed, that twitch, that explosiveness off the edge. Now, one thing we need to focus on here is with with uh, an opposing defense, I was going to say with no one, um, you know, covering the other side, but that's not going to be true because you have Stephen Heron and company. But with Ashton Gelati being the main focus on the defensive line with no Yaya Diaby, with no Yasir Abdullah, I want to see how that production is able to hold up in 2023. I still think that he takes a considerable leap. I think he's going to be in the double-digit sack mark. He's going to have a couple more forced fumbles. Um, you see how uh, – or you see the um, – the potential to be a solid rushing defender as well off the edge obviously mm-hmm. needs to continue to work to seal the edge, but almost combining for or actually combining for over 40 tackles in his two seasons. I think we're going to see career highs and tackles sacks forced fumbles. It's hard to recover fumbles as well. So you have to be in the right spot at the right time. So two fumble recoveries is pretty solid, but I do think that, the talent is there, obviously. He is a player with NFL potential. He's got the speed. Sorry, I've got hiccups for some unknown reason, but he's got the speed off the edge. He's got the frame that you can build upon um, in terms of the professional ranks. He also has that strength to his game now, and he has that unrelentless motor. So, Or he has that relentless motor, I should say. Not unrelentless, that would not be the right term. But um, he has the relentless motor, that uh, constant, um, you know, bringing everything he has. So the talent is there, the work ethic is there. You have the production that I think is going to match up as well. Like I mentioned, he plays a schedule. We keep mentioning this. This schedule is not the hardest on paper. Granted, sometimes teams surprise, but ultimately, Louisville has one of the weakest schedules of any Power 5 team, according to the records of last year. So I think that he's going to be able to reap the benefits uh, nationwide in terms of maybe uh, awards, recognition, all-conference awards as well, being able to play with that schedule that I think is very favorable. He will go up against some solid quarterbacks this season, Sam Hartman, Devin Leary, players that he's played against before. So we'll see how that works. But one reason why Ashton Gelati is number one for me is the importance of a star edge rusher. We've seen countless times – I mean, look back the last 10 years, countless times. I mean, you don't even have to go further back than that. How many times has a dominant edge rusher been able to completely change the outlook of a defense? It completely changes the effectiveness. It raises the ceiling. It can mask over some of the problems in the secondary because of how an opposing offense has to game plan for that one player. I mean, look at Josh Allen at Kentucky in 2018. I hate to talk about the rival school, but this is – one that I look at, Josh Allen, being a guy that came back for another season and absolutely hit stardom. And 
opposing offenses had to really focus on Allen to where it opened up opportunities for everyone else. And I think that that's going to be the situation here for Ashton Gelati in the sense that, you know, he's going to be one of the best pass rushers in the ACC. And not to mention, along with quarterback, I think quarterback obviously is the number one most important player on your team. Number two, in my opinion, is edge rusher. If you have a dominant edge rusher, there are not that many more valuable pieces to a football team, really outside of quarterback. I would argue that there are none. So having a valuable edge rusher opens up so much opportunity for the other guys on the defense. Um, it allows you to raise that ceiling while also raising the floor as well. I think that you're going to see Jelati have an rise sort of like Yaya Diaby, like Yasir Abdullah, to where you know he goes from being good to better to all-conference. And I think that we are there for Jelati another year in the weight room, another year in the strength and conditioning program. Mark Ivey is back. That is such a key component to this as well because of the familiarity there with the position coach. I know it's new defensive system, new defensive coordinators, but at the same time you have that uh, consistency with Mark Ivey, who we know uh, brings the juice to this program, um, both on and off the field in terms of his infectious attitude that is very contagious among these guys. I just think that this is the year for Gelati. I personally don't think there's going to be a year four. I think that he is a player that is going to play his way further onto NFL draft radars. And you're talking about a guy, in my opinion, here's a hot take. I think that he is going to be a top three round pick in the 2024 NFL draft next April. So that's something to focus on. But Ashton Gelati is the number one player on this team because he has the talent. Obviously showed that right away. It was just a matter of getting his frame in the right spot. But has the talent off the edge, uh, being able to defend the run as well, has the strength now. Production statistically, I think he's going to see career highs across the board, double-digit sacks, which is going to contend for um, you know, top sack leader in the ACC. We will see. And then number three, just the importance of the position that he plays, uh, the role that he can occupy as that primary pass rusher, and just overall one of the vet leaders of this defense. I, When compiling this list, I kind of went back and forth, but Gelati – was the clear number one top player for me for the Louisville Cardinals. No disrespect to either of the two guys we're going to talk about here momentarily, but nonetheless, Gelati is the best player overall. But the best player, offensively speaking, is veteran stronghold offensive lineman Brian Hudson. We're going to talk about why the Kentucky native is going to be one of the nation's best centers and offensive lineman in the country, and why his role is so pivotal for the Cardinals this season. We're going to discuss that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage section and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence 
is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get those right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Okay, so heading on along into the second segment of the final installment of the top 15 player rankings for the Louisville Cardinals football team. Number two is Brian Hudson, veteran offensive lineman that transferred into the program from Virginia Tech before the 2021 season, um, was a guy who played a ton at Virginia Tech. When he came to Louisville, it was such a key addition for the Cardinals because Louisville needed some more high-profile offensive linemen, especially on the interior. And Brian Hudson right away showed his versatility, was probably the most versatile offensive lineman on the team. He played at center, he played at tackle, he played at guard, and not to mention the best ability is availability. He played in 13 games in 2021. He started all games in 2022, so hasn't missed a game for the Cardinals since coming to the program. The best ability is availability, like I just said, and I think that that's something that is extremely key, especially for the offensive line. For those who don't know, Brian Hudson is also a very good member. That didn't really come out the right way. He is a very solid performer uh, for the track and field team, Um, and that's something else. You see that athleticism, that strength, um, 852 snaps in 2022 statistically uh, gave up uh, among the least amount of pressures on the interior for the centers across the country. And I think that we're going to continue to see that rise. Look, Brian Hudson, no way around it. He has made multiple preseason All-ACC lists, preseason All-American lists, And I think we're going to continue to see that as the season gets closer. We're just a little over a month away. He's one of the best centers in the country, one of the best offensive linemen in the country, not to mention the conference as well, obviously. But he's going to be a guy that obviously has the talent to sport player that is going to also be on many NFL draft radars this upcoming fall due to his strength due to his speed at the position 53 knockdowns this past year for the six foot four 310 pound native of Georgetown Kentucky played at um, Scott County High School in Georgetown which is a very very solid program um, shout out to my guy Connor who also was a member of the Scott County program a good friend of mine good friend of the show shout out to him as well had to Give my man a shout out there, but uh, good friends with Brian and his family. And I remember him telling me before Hudson came to this program that 
Louisville got a professional in Brian Hudson. And I believed him right away, and many others did as well. And he just confirmed what we saw over the past two seasons. Talent-wise, he's one of the best offensive linemen in the country. I know it might not necessarily be the sexiest pick to say that Louisville's one of Louisville's top three players is an offensive lineman, but it is 100% true. He has the talent. Obviously, it's hard to have the statistical production, but for an offensive lineman, the statistical production is there in the form of you know pass grade efficiency, uh, run grade efficiency, which is kind of um, – it's up in the air in terms of which – places you decide to get your statistics from i know some people are a fan of pro football focus others like myself are a little bit weary of it because of its inability to add context to the matters but if he well actually not if he when he plays a lot more or when he plays more games this season i think that that availability factor is really going to play key for the cardinals so the availability is another reason and then number three is the pivotal role that this is going to play for Louisville as a whole. You have a guy at center who has played multiple seasons, four seasons of ACC football and has gotten better each and every year. He's extremely reliable, um, has a clean bill of health, knock on wood. Um, he's going to be a player that this offensive line is going to rely upon. He's the leader of the offensive line. I know we talk about left tackle being key, but when you have a guy at center who can set the tone for the rest of the guys and be able to um, you know, represent what you're hoping to get out of this offensive line, I think it sets a good uh, example not only for the incoming guys, who are veteran guys, but some of the younger players. I mean, just a couple months ago during the spring game, we saw just the lack of experience that this group had. Now, granted, Jeff Brom and company went out and they added a handful of veteran offensive linemen, and I know that there's leadership from a bunch of different places, but you've got a guy like Brian Hudson who has multiple years within this program, um, a guy who's going to lead the offensive line, be able to steady the ship when things get tough, and you can rely on him to be on the field a lot. So Brian Hudson, for me, is number two, is the number two top player for the Louisville Cardinals. But concluding the rankings will be with number three. That is wide receiver Jamari Thrash, the transfer from Georgia State. We're going to talk about why he is the next Tyler Hudson for the Louisville Cardinals here momentarily. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for tuning in to this top 15 player ranking series. It's been extremely fun. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of good feedback. I appreciate everyone that has been tuning into it. Um, but I did want to let you all know I will be going out of town on vacation over the weekend. So beginning Thursday morning, I will be gone until Sunday. So there won't be any episodes until Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. So I just wanted to give you all a heads up that there will be a little bit of a break in programming, but we are committed to our 12 episodes this month in August. We're right back into the swing of things, full 19 episodes. So be sure to, um, you know, whatever you do, if you're subscribed or whatever, be sure to, get ready for multiple episodes coming the way they usually do. So March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But concluding the show, Georgia State wide receiver Jamari Thrash joins the program after having a very successful season with the Panthers. The six foot one, 180 pound native of LaGrange, Georgia, had a career year in 2022 for the Panthers. 61 catches. 1,122 yards, 18.4 yards per reception, seven touchdowns. Uh, he was the best player in the Sun Belt Conference at that position, All-American in the conference as well. He showed his athleticism, showed his explosiveness, his ability to make guys miss. At one point this season, he clocked in at 20.5 miles per hour, which is very, very solid, especially with football pads on and being able to catch a football and then accelerate up to that speed. So simply put, talent-wise, he is right up there. There's no doubt that he is a bona fide top three talented player on this team. He's a guy that, in my opinion, is going to have the Tyler Hudson impact that uh, checks off the boxes of both statistical production and the impact as a whole. If you remember Tyler Hudson transferring in from Central Arkansas last year, 69 catches, just over 1,000 yards, and two touchdowns, 15 yards per reception. Um, you know, One of the few players in global history to eclipse the 1,000 receiving yards in a season. I think Thrash is going to do the same thing. He's going to slide into the wide receiver one role, and I think that that's going to be able to um, warrant a or another 1,000 yard season where Thrash is going to be one of the better receivers in the ACC. We've seen in Jeff Brom's offense since he became a head coach, the number one receiver in his offenses have respectively had breakout years. Uh, I think all but one or two have had a thousand yard seasons. One of those is because Rondell Moore got hurt. The other one is because of the COVID shortened season. But um, Charlie Jones, David Bell, Rondell Moore, so on and so forth. The track record is there for Brahms offense. I think even in Satterfield's offense, Thrash would have been an 1,000-yard receiver, but definitely going to be one this season. So the talent is there. We see the speed. You see the elusiveness, the agility, the missability, um, whatever you want to um, – you know whatever you want to say, because I think that Thrash is going to be already one of the most talented guys on the team, one of the more talented receivers in the conference. He might not be as big of a home run threat ability or home run threat guy as like Kevin Coleman Jr. or Amari Huggins-Bruce, but he's got the statistical production to back it up. He's overall the most fundamentally sound receiver on the team, very good hands, solid route runner, ability to create separation at the line of scrimmage. So you've got the talent. You're also going to have the statistical production. Look, I understand there's a lot of mouse defeat in this offense. It's balanced. There's multiple players at the wide receiver position. You've got Joar Jordan, who was in the top six. We talked about uh, number four, uh, to be exact. 
You also have um, Isaac Garendo. You have Maurice Turner, Jamari Johnson, players at the tight end position. But overall, Jamari Thrash is going to be option number one in this offense. And statistically speaking, track record proven. I mean, Jeff Brom's wide receiver ones are very, very relied upon, and that's going to be something to focus on. And then you have the impact. Obviously, wide receiver one is a key impact, but I think that this is going to allow Louisville's offense to reach that next level, sort of like Jawar Jordan is having a guy that you can't really put in single coverage, sort of like Tyler Hudson is. You had to commit a good amount of the defensive attention in the secondary to one player. And if Louisville's passing offense last year was able to resemble anything from 2021, I think that you would have seen this offense reach new heights. 2023 rolls around, you're going to have the same concept of last year is that you have one player that's going to command a ton of defensive attention in the back half. So you're not going to be able to put too much single coverage on Jamari Thrash. And if you do, please do. Please do. Um, but you're going to have to commit a lot to thrash. You're going to have to keep that safety there, um, you know, focusing on thrash. But also you have guys like Kevin Coleman Jr. that's going to open up things for him. Laurie Huggins-Bruce, the tight ends underneath, the running backs coming out of the backfield. So I think that it's a chain reaction that is that it allows the tone to be set with a very, very good wide receiver one. Look, Jamari Thrash was one of the top wide receiver transfers in the country in this past portal cycle. So, and I think that that is for good reason. He's got the statistical production. He's going to be able to carry that over. He's obviously very talented, not to mention this is an offense that's going to utilize those strengths. Brom has turned guys with minimal production into stars. I can only imagine what he does with a guy like Jamari Thrash, who is going to be one of the most important players, the number three top player for the Louisville Cardinals. So, like I said, that's going to conclude the series. Number one, Ashton Gelati. Number two, Brian Hudson. And number three, Jamari Thrash. Thanks again, everyone, for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. To find the show on all streaming services, you can pay attention to the graphic now. <laughs> 